Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tech Experience Solutions podcast. Today, we are exploring hybrid cloud technologies and strategies for the modern data center. I'm James Hilliard, happy to welcome from Intel three cloud solution architects. We have Vijay Bandari on board, Steve Fowler, and Kieran Agrahara on here as well. And from Connection, we've got our Senior Director of Cloud Services, Mr. Kevin Slate. Lots to cover, so let's get to it. All right, folks, jumping right on in here. And I believe that many in IT do see that really when it comes to the modern data center, uh, just on-prem, that's not the future. Just one cloud provider, not the future. All public cloud, no. Private cloud, just only, no. So a hybrid approach, that really is the the future. IDC says the same thing. They see the same thing. I'm not making this up. They're saying that, you know, uh, 90% or so of enterprises worldwide, they're, they're looking, preparing for, expecting to live in the hybrid world. And Kevin, let me turn to you to kind of kick things off here. Many teams, actually, they're already there, whether they know it or even planned it. Well, I think a lot of companies got into cloud as a whole, let alone hybrid multi-cloud in a non-deliberate manner. Um, it was something that existed. Let's try it out. All of a sudden we go from test to production and you know, there's no better test than production. And then they slowly started expanding and as other cloud opportunities came you know, to fruition for other cloud providers, they were like, hey, let's try these out too. And so what took place is you saw a non-deliberate intent to move to cloud that did not take into consideration all the efforts necessary to build a cloud that was scalable and that was secure that they needed. So, you know, now I think companies are taking a step back and they're looking at deliberate cloud and being confident in what they're deploying versus let's just go do it just for the sake of being in the cloud. Kieran, are you seeing that as well from that Intel front? There's a much more deliberate focus here. People are like, oh, we kind of just found ourselves in this environment, multi-cloud, hybrid cloud. And I'm going to have you guys actually address those two terms here in a moment too. But Kieran, this idea of kind of resetting, looking, really applying strategy, is that something you're seeing a lot of teams doing now? Yep, the short answer is yes. So um, like if you look at Intel, historically, um, we would do a lot of on-prem uh, sockets, right? We would just show up until um, what Intel is doing in that on-prem perspective. But today, if you look at our titles, like, you know, uh, Steve's Vijay, my title, it's a cloud solution architect, which really was not, a, uh, which was not in existence like two years ago. So that is where Intel, the, so Intel is following the industry trend. We ran into a lot of customer meetings where, hey, what is Intel doing in the cloud front? What is Intel's relevance in the cloud front? But whether you like it or not, Intel is everywhere, right? So our chips kind of powers the majority of um, instances on all the major CSPs. So um, yes, we do run into customers. Uh, it's not like accidental. Sometimes the situation calls for it, that they end up in a cloud. Um, like, you know, like a pandemic uh, COVID situation where they had to go, you know, remote workers. So now the situation kind of is settled down. And now, like you said, they end up like 50% of their on-prem and more than 50% on cloud. And now how do you bridge the gap between those two um, infrastructures, right? So that's how you end up in a hybrid scenario. And then we can talk about multi-clouds later. And because we've got architects here, folks, it's one of the things we're going to spend a good part of the conversation is about how and what are the things that you all 
may need to be considering if you're doing this reset, if you're reevaluating, looking to let's put a real strategy in place. What are some of the areas that you want to look about, right? This is to, to get that conversation going. At the end, we'll give you information on how the connection team working with Intel and partnership there can really help you all on your journey. Kevin, let me come back to you and, uh, and address ever so briefly this multi-cloud hybrid cloud, because often in conversation, people can use those terms interchangeably. Are they interchangeable terms? They, uh, hybrid cloud versus multi-cloud uh, in my world really denotes a combination of their on-premises environment and their cloud environment. Uh, it allows them to have a lot of flexibility in terms of where they want the data to live and data sovereignty requirements. And so when I look at hybrid cloud, I think to myself, okay, I, I'm going to be sitting in a data center that I may have data that I don't want to share with a hyperscaler uh, such as an AWS or a Google cloud or, um, you know, an Azure cloud. And so when I look at a multi-cloud strategy, though, I see that as I'm, I'm fully adopting into the cloud strategy. I no longer want to maintain my own physical resources and be that person responsible for them. And I think that's not always realistic for a lot of customers. I think customers have to look at their line of business needs, what applications they have running, and really understand what data that's out there and the compliances that they have to meet as an organization to be able to help support their customers. And that's going to determine whether or not it's a hybrid cloud or it's a multi-cloud. And going back to your, your statement about how you decide what is the best thing or is it, is it the same thing, I could see multi-cloud as, as one or two major you know, cloud providers, and I could see hybrid cloud. We see organizations uh, such as Dell and HP out there combined with Intel uh, with their central processing is running that allows you to have this great foundation for your compute and for your data and be able to expand in the cloud in a thoughtful manner. I want to get into uh, some of the architectural aspects and things we want to consider. Uh, before we get there, Kieran, last thing I kind of want to ask uh, for you to, to chime in on is in terms of hybrid cloud, multi-cloud, just utilizing, do you see anyone that won't be utilizing these technologies and by anyone i mean verticals uh industries etc isn't this the way of the future isn't this how we're all going to be computing if we're not there now it's where we will be in in two years yes so um the future of computing is some kind of cloud right whether it's hybrid or multi or both Right. Um, th th there are various reasons for that. Right. Uh, workload placements depends on uh, applications. Right. For example, high performance computing. Um, it's, it's better. Um, for example, a, another major CSP might offer an HPC, uh, which another CSP may not offer. Right. So so these are some of the you know, considerations you want to uh, look into. Um, so um, the future is cloud. And uh, there's not a single customer meeting that we participate in where they don't bring up, hey, you know, I'm going down this CSP versus the other CSP. Um, and one, I mean, a cloud journey is not like a sprint, right? It's a marathon. It, it, it takes, it's, it's a strategy, solutions, architecture, 
what is that you need to do today because you need to still keep your business running today you can't just focus disrupt your uh, business and applications and start migrating right so um so there's a lot of considerations in uh, going towards hybrid or multi and that's where this idea of strategy will come in because we found ourselves with that great disruption two years ago. And again, we kind of made it through, but we want to get that strategy down. Kevin, quick thoughts here, and then I do want to mix in VJ and Steve. I think Karen hit it spot on, but I wanted to add two areas. I think compliance plays a huge role, especially the company's data governance requirements. And so having the knowledge around that is absolutely important. And then I think one of the things that I find that companies that tend to avoid multi-cloud or hybrid multi-cloud strategies is a skilling issue. They don't have necessarily the expertise to be able to develop a complex um, hybrid cloud or a multi-cloud strategy. And that's where they use organizations like Connection to be able to help support them because it's too daunting for them to do on their own. And so sometimes they'll take a step back and say, okay, I'm just gonna pick a single cloud, it'll be fine, when that may not be the most effective for their business model. VJ, let me get you in here as well, right? Started talking with Kieran here, the future is everyone going to be using it uh, again from your vantage point, just to share some of your thoughts there. And then I got a couple other things I want to talk to you about. So as Kieran uh, said, uh, uh, workloads that, that are, that are to be requirements of a workloads that needs to be accommodated in the new world. Right. Um, for example, the HPC, HPC, um, uh, capacity scale, uh, at the drop of a coin, um, AI workloads, um, the, the DL um, uh, neural network runs that I need to do on a on-prem uh, data lake ecosystem like Cloudera, I have to stop all my other applications and hand over whole of my platform capacity for few minutes, few hours in a day to accommodate a, a deep learning workload. You don't have to do that. If you have a, a true hybrid cloud strategy, it could be um, on-prem cloud, uh, on-prem on data center capacity being utilized uh, in a uh, cloudized environment, or colos where you're um, you're spilling or um, uh, scaling into for a large-scale HPC cluster, or having a true data strategy extend into the cloud that actually provides that uh, on-demand. Uh, gravity uh, uh, for scaling into applications that adds to the cap capabilities of an enterprise to respond to the modern need. You brought up data, and, and this is going to be a part of our conversation coming forward. I know, Vijay, that's an area that you, as an architect, uh, focus a lot of time on because the data is something that we have to secure, and we'll, we'll come back to that. Steve, I want to pop on over to you and this idea of, again, people kind of uh, resetting. We're hearing from uh, the rest of the guys here on the call that, yeah, the future is going to be there in, in the cloud. Do you find in some of the conversations that you have that uh, there's any trepidation, there's any fear uh, where folks, they're almost scared to look at what things are set up as now because they might realize it's just kind of a rat's nest of something uh, and that they are gonna have to maybe go through a little bit of pain to clear things up, to get a real strategy in place. And and if you have a horror story, we're all for those here. Uh, but, but what do you see in terms of uh, people's mindsets at this kind of reset and looking at putting in a strategy? Yeah, it, absolutely. We see people um, who don't always understand their full estate, 
right? They, they don't understand what app, how many applications they have, where they're running. And so at almost every uh, company that I've talked to, the cloud journey starts with a bit of a, hey, we, we've got to we've got to fix our inventory. We've got to understand what we have today. We've got to understand where it's running because some people have gotten, uh, you know, it's old shadow IT thing. Somebody got a credit card and they've been running an AWS for, uh, you know, six months to a couple of years now as production and nobody knew about it. So absolutely, you, you got to sit down, understand what you you have, but then there's there's an extra layer on there that a, a lot of smart companies are doing, which is a bit of the rationalization of what needs to go where, right? What's the best fit for where? And that gets into more of the the strategic move into the cloud versus more of the, the reactive, I just got to get to the cloud because of a, a mandate. And let me ask you this, uh, and maybe it's a percentage, and if any of your other guys have any uh, real world data to, to add here, cool. But Steve, teams that you work with, do you find 70% are more in the strategy mode and 30% or more tactical implementation, migration, uh, really moving on forward with the strategy of hybrid cloud? Is there a different percentage? Uh, you start, and again, if anyone else has anything to add in, we'll, we'll look for those numbers. I, I would have to say probably about 70% are probably in the strategic phase and maybe 30% are still in kind of the tactical phase. Um, at least at this stage of the game. Now, uh, how strategic are they? How tactical are they? It, it tends to be kind of a, a spectrum there, right? Some people are very um, strategic in which clouds they've picked and for why. But when it gets to moving the applications in there and what applications go into where, it still can be a, a little bit tactical. And Vijay, some of the strategy is probably conversations around the data. What data do we have? And then it's a, it's a risk tolerance. They have to, and, and, and I think Kevin brought up earlier too, there's also the compliance. There are certain industries, right? We got healthcare, we've got uh, you know government, uh, a lot of other areas that, that may not be as quickly to move as maybe just some new startup software tech company that can just be born in the cloud, right? And, and be doing that. But uh, what are some of the strategy considerations around data? What are some questions that teams should be asking? What should they be understanding about their data as they're forming the strategy, Vijay? Probably I'll actually start a little different uh, way to answer your question is uh, people, uh, different enterprises started their cloud adoption journey in a different ways. Uh, there are reasons why uh, there are applications that uh, presently are on-prem are going to be on-prem. Um, uh, did we actually make a public cloud to be an enter enterprise-grade public cloud? Do you need to uh, have some uh, enablement strategies all the way from your networking, network, and data management extending into the cloud? Um, Kevin brought up uh, governance as the major issue when you're dealing with cloud and data in multiple places. Do you have data silos within your own um, your own enterprise presently, maybe a line of businesses, BUs, uh, having independent uh, um, data sets that needs to be integrated first. Um, having a, a strategy uh, around your data presently, taking stock of things like what inventory of applications, where they're running, like what uh, Steve was saying, where the data is residing, what are the data sets that are interconnectable, 
having a data strategy uh, re-evaluation in, in view of hybrid cloud transformation is very important. Um, uh, um, of course, like GDPR, um, uh, actually uh, addressing needs of uh, compliance um, uh, in government and um, uh, globally spread enterprises, you still have to have a data strategy that can be superimposed. Uh, for example, you want to have a uh, an enterprise data hub, data lake that's uh, uh, spanning across the globe. Probably hybrid cloud is uh, is what you are actually looking for to solve those unsolvable problems. But at the same time, secure data sharing. Um, um, most of the time, your data sets in a modern enterprise are not worked on self-contained within your own enterprise. Um, I can take a um, healthcare example of NIH. Uh, and data that is routinely accessed to uh, make some business decisions and um, pro provide insights at the speed of transaction. Um, um, the uh, enterprises uh, themselves um, um, have to share the insights from the data without sharing the data itself. So these are the uh, new patterns of the um, business needs that actually will translate into a data strategy and uh, truthfully say where uh, what you want to run uh, have all options open actually will make your architecture to be most future ready and while serving the present needs of the business so it should not be a hindrance but at the same time have a uh, mindset of modernization on a continuous basis uh, there might uh, we have seen customers who uh, adopted uh, and cloud ad aggressively, they're also trying to see what part of my application of the data needs to be repatriated back into the cloud, back, back into on-prem. Um, my uh, HPC example where um, genomics life sciences uh, related use cases can actually run on, on, uh, on a isolated data sets themselves while getting the insights back into the enterprise to make that uh, difference in the way business is conducted. So there is a back and forth. So uh, I think uh, there is no silver bullet that can uh, that can be solved, uh, used for solving all problems. It all, it's all context specific, business specific. The decisions around data are normally driven by the business and business requirements alone. So um, yeah, it's a journey. And uh, of course, keep all tools available for you to really address the business need. And it is a journey. And Kieran, again, talk about data lakes, talking about uh, regulations that uh, impact global organizations. There can be some people listening saying, that ain't my company. I'm not that big. So the one thing I think that most people can agree upon when it comes to uh, cloud is, and a question that's still out there is, is it safe? Is my data going to be safe there? What risk do I have? Give me your kind of state of the union, Kieran, in terms of is that really a question that needs to be asked anymore? I know early on it should have been asked. Cloud was new technology. Is my data going to be safe? We don't know. I think a lot of cloud businesses would have been out of business if they hadn't proven that they can be safe. But what's your state of the union on the safety of moving workloads to the cloud? Is, is that something that needs to be clouding our mind and our judgment at all? 
it, it is a relevant topic uh, today. Um, I don't think that will kind of, you can put that in the past, right? So data is fluid, data as gravity. So you have like uh, folks accessing data from different geographies. And now you also have uh, compliant issues, right? It can be GDPR, it can be HIPAA, uh, it can be PCI, um, like every vertical has their own uh, um, access governance, right? From a compliant perspective. Now, not every MSPs or uh, CSPs are compliant, right? So you may have to you may have to start that conversation early on, right? What what is this uh, CSP under consideration compliant with uh, whatever uh, regulatory requirements that um, my company should uh, be compliant with, right? And now there are some uh, states where it's uh, data of its residents cannot be accessed by somebody outside of state boundaries, right? So you cannot, you, you cannot just discount um, data access and data security. Uh, it's, it cannot be a topic for a, like a post-implementation topic, right? So uh, it's a relevant topic. So um, just to add to what uh, Kiran was saying, right? So um, foundational enablements, and shared responsibility around uh, securing the your, your ent uh, enterprise uh, uh, from expanding your ent uh, enterprise infrastructure into the cloud, like as if it's an extension of your uh, your own enterprise. Um, it's uh, it, a lot of things are uh, most of the times the security is misunderstood in the in the realm of hybrid cloud. Who is responsible for doing what? Um, a lot of uh, things fall into the crack until um, yeah, um, some calamity strikes. So understanding uh, if you're working with one or two or uh, CS, uh, CSPs or a colo, colo uh, um, extending your DC uh, to, uh, to extend into, who is, um, um, you need to be very clear on what are the foundational security enablements uh, you're taking into account uh, at a global level uh, for your enterprise and how those policies flow into these places. And while you are actually moving a set of applications, is there any subset of those uh, applications or the data that requires additional enab enablements to secure that, um, uh, that space? Um, I've seen enterprises having uh, security organizations and enterprises having a two-pronged approach. What is the base level enablement? And when I'm taking this set of applications or the data into the cloud, does it require any additional focus from uh, protecting uh, that, that data and that environment? Kevin, safety. Yeah, so, I mean, it really comes down to cloud is not inherently less secure than legacy infrastructure in the on-premise environment. I think the important thing to understand is it just takes different measures and procedures versus on-premise to be able to ensure that level of data security and privacy. And, and the thing is, in certain cases, a multi-tenant cloud, like some of the big three, are inherently more secure because it's difficult to target companies in a way that you can target in a traditional on-premise environment. I think the thing that folks need to understand is all three of the major hyperscalers, including some of the other major cloud providers, are very secure out there. And in, in general, they're better protected. But everybody's going to always have their doubts. And I think that's where bringing in the right team to help support 
their organization and understand those differences between cloud security versus on-premise security, even though it's security as a whole, there's nuances that somebody needs to understand so that they don't get caught in those gotchas that put them square in the targets of a ransomware trap or some other data exfiltration process. And, and it's possible, but it's no, no more possible in the cloud than it is in on-premise today. One of the concepts, guys, I wanted to get uh, some comments on from you all is this idea of trying to, again, if, if we're going on the premise, and I think we've all agreed, and I hope our audience is agreeing as well, that, that this is a reset time that many people found themselves in multi-cloud, hybrid cloud type environment, but now's the strategy reset time. And we've talked about some of the things that we need to consider. Is there a way to future proof some of the investments today so that these are still going to be valuable to us in 12 months, 18 months, three years, because this is still a rapidly changing in uh, tech landscape here in terms of hybrid cloud. And we did see, we saw major adoptions and advancements over the past two years, just based out of necessity. And so now people are saying, wait, wow, how could we apply this moving forward? So Steve, let me start with you. Uh, maybe you and VJ, and then we'll get some kind of closing commentary thoughts from uh, Kieran and Kevin. And then I want to talk to, with Kevin a little bit about some of the things that we at Connection are able to do to help people move forward on this journey. But but Steve, future-proofing, is there a way to future-proof the cloud strategies that we're developing today? Yeah, I, absolutely. Um, I mean, nothing is going to be perfect, but Take a look at the application stack that you're using. What are your, what are your, are you running on Java.net, whatever it may be? But what are the, what are, what services are you looking to consume? Is it, you know, something that is specific only to one cloud provider and can only run in that cloud provider's environment? If so, then, you know what, maybe that's not the best pick. Maybe you should be looking at more kind of cloud agno cloud agnostic solutions. Um, same thing goes for some of the tooling that you enable, uh, use to enable your clouds, right? Are you looking at infrastructure's code that is specific to one cloud provider? Are you looking at um, things like Terraform, Ansible that can run in, in many of the different um, cloud vendors, right? As well as running on-prem, right? So that's, the, that's kind of the take advantage of the opportunity that the reset kind of provides to say, what stack am I going to be running on and what stack do I want to kind of put my effort and energy into, right? There's still going to be opportunities where you're going to want to use cloud specific solutions, right? Because that's the benefit and beauty of the public cloud is that, you know, these guys have a ton of developers who have developed great services that will do great, you know, enable great things for your business. So, but then that could, that, that's a strategic conversation of when do I apply those? When do I use those specific cloud solutions? When do I use the more agnostic solutions? And then let me wrap the tooling around it in an agnostic fashion. So I've got, you know, one place to go look across my entire estate. VJ, you're an architect, so build something here. Build upon what Steve just said. Brief thoughts from you on future-proofing? What are some things that uh, people can do and think about today to make sure that investment today is still providing that value, flexibility, uh, you know, months, years down the road? So if you're actually looking at cloud, cloud is pretty fluid. And uh, 
what was the right solution six months ago might be a okay solution today. Um, having, um, you know, from the services perspective, you, we are all um, aware of control plane and data plane, independent of each other. Having your control plane now at an enterprise uh, level, like what Steve was saying in terms of tooling, operational uh, readiness and uh, moni uh, monitorable, uh, governable uh, infrastructure, you are actually building a control plane that have a clear visibility into your on-prem, colos, or multi-cloud um, multi uh, situations where you have the mechanisms uh, in terms of um, infrastructure as a code, application as a code, um, uh, have the flexibility uh, uh, built into this control plane in such a way that you are able to take uh, advantage of the um, evolving feature sets that are becoming available even from generations of uh, hardware that might be available, the um, form factors of, uh, of the compute and the storage separation that you can engage in the cloud um, while, um, while uh, you, you are uh, transparently having a view and manageability across hybrid cloud. Um, it is different for each of the enterprises based, based on what is your present state, uh, but building those uh, a simple operation operational metrics, manageability across hybrid environments, and having that infrastructure as a code uh, being agnostic and also flexible to include um, evolving uh, features that might be available, become available um, as the time flows. So being flexible and open, uh, open architectures, if I can even go into the AI and analytics area, uh, the different uh, frameworks that you can work on, TensorFlow, PyTorch, the code sets that you adapt, the choices that you are making, keep, keep it in mind that you are in a way future-proofing your own strategy. Yeah, I wanted to add from an executive standpoint, some of the things that I've talked to leaders about that, that's responsible for their cloud strategy. And really it comes down to choose a primary strategic provider, you know, that's going to receive the bulk of your solutions, whether it's infrastructure as a service or platform as a service, that's going to help you reduce integration and operations complexities. You know, we see a lot of organizations that sit out there today that have about 70% of their workloads on a primary cloud. And that's not like, you have to have 70% and 30% something where else. It, it's obviously based on your business. But the other thing is you gotta be deliberate about the adoption of hybrid multi-cloud, like adding a provider only when there's a compelling business case and, and, and otherwise can't be served by your current cloud provider that you have. And then you've gotta tier those providers by the level of support you know, that I discussed earlier in terms of the skilling internally to be able to provide value. So when you're picking that secondary provider, you, you need to have very different needs for your organization of why you're using them. You know, whether it's some sort of new cloud native digital business application or some sort of legacy migration, you've gotta be able to take that in consideration. And then from a leadership and an executive standpoint, you've got to limit the approved cloud providers, like as you're building the strategy and you're doing this reset, you've got to be able to limit them based on the tier and the capabilities and the level of support. Because if you don't ensure that the organization has that full and formal process of approving 
you know, the infrastructure is a service and the past provider, or, you know, the platform is a service provider infrastructure. When a new provider is improved, you're, you're going to have issues with them immediately. So considering the depth of governance, IT operations, management, integration, and other support, it's going to be critical. And don't feel obligated to offer the same level of support for all providers if you're using a primary provider versus an alternative provider. And that really leads me to the last thing. And this is part of that deliberateness that we're helping companies reset from the non-deliberate nature, right, of their cloud when they first put it on is have something like a cloud workload placement policy. And think about that. What it allows you to do is to have any new or any migrated applications that are coming across for infrastructure as a service or platform as a service to be placed in the appropriate provider based on a methodical, deliberate approach. And that placement should be driven by the application and the data affinities, and it shouldn't be driven by cost because short-term workload pricing, it's a poor proxy for long-term total cost of ownership with these solutions. So you have to be smart about that and focus on the right things that are going to drive it. And then avoid splitting those single applications across multiple cloud providers when possible. Now, there are certain things like Ansible and Kubernetes and others that can play across these different clouds. And they're great tools when you need to be able to be balanced across the multi-cloud environment. But always be cognizant of how you're using them so that you get the most value out of them. Does that make sense? It, it does. And Kieran, what I was hearing just then from Kevin is something that I think it just gets to the, the gist of this conversation as a whole, is we want to set people up. Again, this modern cloud strategy for the modern data centers. We want long-term success. And so that's where the planning and strategy comes in. So I'm the type of guy that is all too happy to learn from a mistake. But I also like looking at wins and people succeeding and emulating that. So let me ask you, Kieran, final thought here. And then I do have something for Kevin in terms of what we have at Connection, at Cloudscape uh, Cloud, what we do have from Kevin and, and our connection team. We have this cloud landscape optimization assessment. So Kevin's going to give us a brief insight in that for a second. But Kieran, what of the teams that you've seen and worked with that are succeeding with this hybrid cloud strategy? What are the two things that all of them have done that have set them up for success? Can, is, is there a trend? Are there two things you can point to that say, you know, if you do this and you do that, not a guarantee of, but high probability that you're probably setting yourself up for some good success with a hybrid cloud strategy. Right. So uh, one of the most important thing is workload uh, placement, right? Know your applications. Um, as Kevin mentioned, you should not consider cost uh, at the forefront, right? Sometimes. So there are some applications where in the short term, um, uh, you, you need those applications to be up and running on a particular cloud environment, right? So you don't look at the cost benefit. And uh, the second um, most important thing is how, how do you future proof it, right? So um, you need to look at um, is there a plan in place that you could um, move from one cloud to another? Uh, this doesn't mean that uh, splitting your application across different cloud providers, but um, future proofing tomorrow, your application might scale to a greater degree where your existing cloud provider might not. Uh, be sufficient. So how do you seamlessly um, transition from a one cloud provider to another cloud provider, right? So these are the two um, important things that I would uh, 
keep in mind uh, while future-proofing your uh, cloud strategy. Kevin, when teams are resetting and then maybe plotting a new course out there or making some tweaks, or maybe it's a full 180 and having to go opposite of where they had been heading, um, part of it, you need to know where you have been. You need to know what was going on. That's where our cloud landscape optimization kind of gives some of those insights highest level because if people want more information we can schedule that time that they can talk with their account managers get you and team on board obviously pulling partners as needed but um what is the benefit of going through that what insights can be gained from our clo well i mean when we look at cloud as a whole there's a ton of approaches and methodologies and tools out there that you can optimize costs that we use But what matters most is having the right set of tools and the right set of expertise that has built these multi-cloud strategies to be able to help support organizations as a whole. And by having that knowledge, we can be able to look at the cloud and be able to help reset that strategy from a non-deliberate shadow IT cloud organization that turned into production into a deliberate, confident cloud solution powered by Intel and our partners here that can ultimately deliver a scalable, thoughtful solution to any of your line of business applications. And so we work closely with the customer to understand not just your vertical, right? But to understand your business. And then we look at your cloud strategy and the data affinities that you have and ultimately be able to help you build not only a short-term, but a long-term strategy that you can then work on or we can support you through our managed services as well to be able to drive that value for you. So we're always excited to talk to new customers and be able to help them on that journey and understand where they're at today. And with partners like Intel, there's no way we can fail in terms of delivering it. More information, folks, can be found at connection.com slash IT dash services slash cloud dash services. And we'll hopefully try and have that in the description somewhere too. So you can just click on that, not have to write it out, but know this as well. You can read out, reach out to your account management team at connection, learn more about the cloud services. They can roll in Kevin's team, right? To have some of these conversations, you get to that point where, yeah, we do need to, uh, you know, plan more. We want to get a little, you know, strategy planning and maybe then get to those tacticals and we need to pull in team Intel. Guess what? Those relationships are there. We can do it. My appreciation to Steve, to Kieran, to VJ, also Kevin as well. Folks, if you enjoyed this Tech Experience podcast, you want more insights and thoughts and conversations like this, then please like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. With that, we're going to wrap things up. Appreciate everybody being on board with us here today. As always, be safe, be well, and we do look forward to talking to you all down the road.